I, I'm not crazy. I wasn't crazy at the time. My brain was extremely inflamed. Right. And there was a lot of, you know, critters wreaking havoc in my brain. You know, Lyme is one of those few that can cross the blood brain barrier. And so I, it, it's, it's, I, it's funny. I was going to start a campaign saying we need to stop calling people crazy. Instead, we need to start saying your brain inflammation is showing. All right, guys, growing your wellness business doesn't have to mean working around the clock and feeling exhausted. So welcome to the Healthy Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Feldman, and I have been in your shoes. I've been in the wellness space for over nine years, and I know what it feels like to feel overwhelmed. I took my wellness business from 13K that first year and feeling fried and exhausted to over six figures. Now I'm a business coach for health and wellness professionals just like you, and I create done-for-you content and programs to help you save time and money so you can spend more time nailing down your niche, understanding your buyer avatar, attracting your ideal client, and building your business from the ground up the right way. So sit down and let's get started. Hey guys, it's Rachel here with the Healthy Hustle Podcast. And I'm so excited to have my good new friend, Heather Gray, who is the Lyme boss. Let's just say she is the person in the go-to for Lyme. I know so many of you have struggled with Lyme and today's episode is definitely for you. Heather, thank you so much for being here. Can you tell everyone a little about yourself? Absolutely, thanks for having me. Um, <laughs> I'm a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and certified bioenergetic practitioner. And that came about after 27 years of undiagnosed Lyme disease. Oh, so wow. a patient and a practitioner. So tell me, what were some of the symptoms? Because I think we hear a lot about Lyme. We hear about co-infections, but let's really get into like, what are some of the symptoms that you had when you were going through your, your health journey? Absolutely. I'm going to start just a little bit before that, because I want to set the stage for, <laughs> it, it'll make sense here in a minute, but I usually start all these conversations off with, I was basically born full of shit right? Like I was a constipated four-year-old, you yeah. know, sitting on the potty for so long that my feet would fall asleep. And that was like the beginning of my uh, allopathic, you know, let's throw band-aids on symptoms, you know, let's give her thick, nasty oils, right? Then stool softeners, but nobody was trying to figure out why this four-year-old was constipated. You know, hindsight's 2020 turned out that year, my uncle had committed suicide. Oh, wow. And and um, I was eating the standard American diet and it turns out I had celiac disease. So there was a couple, you know, contributing factors to being, you know, full of shit constipated. <laughs> and the reason why I start with this story is because it, it it's what kind of led me continuing throughout the years, you know, early childhood trauma addicts, you know, then we've got other heavy metals. My mom was a painter, like painted houses. I used to go to work with her and, and kind of help, you know, at a young age. So there's a lot of toxins. Um, you know, then the celiac disease, the standard American diet, a lot of early childhood trauma. And by the time I was 13 and actually bit by a tick, I was a perfect host, right? Because talk the about one thing that a little more, like yeah. what makes the perfect host? Because I think we all are like, well, doesn't everyone make a perfect host? Right. No, because I mean, if you think about it, I mean, Lyme disease can be transmitted through ticks, through mosquitoes, through fleas, through bed bugs. Um, it can be passed um, in utero. So there's a lot of different ways that you can get Lyme. And, and if you think about all those ways, 
at some point you would think that all of us have been kind of touched by it at some point in our life, but there are some of us that are more susceptible between our genetics, right? I've got some crappy genes that I don't detox properly and it makes me more susceptible to, to getting some of these critters. But then the other part of it was that, so it's like that whole terrain versus germ theory type of thing. Because if it was just that much of a monster, right? Everybody that would get you know bit by a tick that got Lyme disease would get Lyme, but that's not the case. We've actually coexisted with this bacteria for thousands of years. Our immune system knows what to do with it. There's other factors, like I said, that make us a better host, right? So we've got, you know, high EMFs, you know, we've got the 5G rolling out, you know, toxins in our environment, the early childhood trauma, the celiac disease, so a leaky gut, right? Inflammatory food, all these things made me, it was like the perfect storm. And so then when I did get bit by a tick, I, I actually did develop Lyme disease and a couple of co-infections, didn't really notice any symptoms until about two years after the bite. And that was when I first ended up in the psych ward um, for the first time for a suicide attempt. Talk to me, talk to me about the mental, first the mental symptoms, and then talk to me about some of the physical symptoms that come with Lyme. And I know we'll get into cofactors. Yeah, it's absolutely nuts. I, uh, they say Lyme really affects uh, in juveniles, the brain and the gut, like more than anything else. And it was crazy. The amount of suicidal thoughts I'd have in a day. Like I didn't dare tell anybody about the type of thoughts that I was having because I was afraid they were going to completely lock me up and throw away the key. You know, and after my first experience with being in the psych ward at the age of 15, whew, wow. that was, that was intense. That was scary, you know, because I was in with adults and I, yeah, <laughs> that's a whole nother topic, but I, I'm not crazy. I wasn't crazy at the time. My brain was extremely inflamed. Right. And there was a lot of, you know, critters wreaking havoc in my brain. You know, Lyme is one of those few that can cross the blood brain barrier. And so uh, it, it's, it's, it's funny. I was going to start a campaign saying we need to stop calling people crazy. Instead, we need to start saying your brain inflammation is showing. Yes, right? because yes. That's what really it was. I was, I was massively inflamed, you know, and I'm still eating the standard American diet because I still didn't know any better. So I'm still eating wheat and other crap that's inflaming me and, and, and you know, adding fuel to the fire. You know, so one of the biggest ways that, that people with Lyme disease dies, I mean, it, it's mostly suicide. It's it's a very high percentage of suicide with, with Lyme folks. And um, it's, the struggle is real. Like it's crazy, you know, 20 to 30 times a day, I'd be driving down the street and and think, oh, I should take myself out with that rock. Oh, look at that tree. You know, just, it's it's crazy how you no longer kind of have control over that part and and some of the thoughts that can get away from you. It's It's pretty intense. Talk to me about some of the physical symptoms that you experienced. One of the, like the telltale signs is migrating pain. So there's only like six diseases out there in the whole disease realm that actually has migrating pain as a symptom. And so if that comes into play, red flag, flag on the play, right? Don't dismiss it. Don't call somebody a hypochondriac because it, it can look a little hypochondriac, right? Like one day it's my right shoulder and then the next day it's my left knee and then on my right, it hurts. And so the funny thing about Lyme is it likes to eat collagen. And so it's going to hang out in your joints more where there is collagen so it can get food. It will also like to hang out. It's opportunistic. It's going to like to hang out where you have a weakness. So say you have a knee injury from playing soccer, blah, 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 right? It's going to be more susceptible to having that critter kind of set up base camp and cause more inflammation and more havoc in that area than other areas. What are... Well, let's talk about cofactors because I brought it up a little 
I know that there are a lot of people that end up in situations where there's many different cofactors with Lyme. Can you talk about that a little? Absolutely. They call it uh, nature's dirty needle. Right, because the the little tick goes through the forest and it's feeding on a possum and it's feeding on a raccoon and then it's on a deer and then now it's on you, right? And each thing it's picking up, picking up, picking up and and collecting it and then now boom, you get the the dirty cocktail. Um, and so yeah, Lyme usually is never ever 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 just Lyme. Right. It's typically Lyme with co-infections, Lyme with other viruses, Lyme with other bacteria, Lyme with mold. Right. Um, so, you know, I had Bartonella and Babesia, which are two different, really common. Um, they're actually starting to find out that Bartonella is actually more of a problem than Lyme disease. Um, BART causes a lot of like uh, malaria type um, symptoms. And one thing that it really affected me was Lyme rage. And so it, it's real. Like my whole life, I was 15, 16 years old and I was put in an anger management control class. Yeah. because I couldn't manage my anger. And, and I, all my life, people are like, just count to 10, just do this, just do that. And I, and I try to explain to people, there is no just, there's no buffer. There's something that happens and then me reacting. There is not a breath right. in there to even do anything different. And then it was like a monster would take over. And then I'm watching myself like an out-of-body experience, like Heather, shut up, Heather, knock it off. Heather, what are you doing? And then when it calmed down, I'm back in my body and I'm crying and I'm apologizing because that's not who I am at my heart, right? That's not the havoc that I wanted to cause on this planet. So Lyme rage is a is a is a very real thing. <laughs> so if if you know a Karen, right, that's really reactive, uh, <laughs> you know, it might be Bartonella. Tell me. How did you discover that you had Lyme? What was that process? Because I'm sure you went to doctors left and right and were being told that you're crazy and all these different things. How did that first thing happen? Yeah, so, so many practitioners, 27 years undiagnosed, multiple suicide attempts, many different therapists, all kinds of different drugs, antipsychotics, mood stabilizers, antidepressants. And I was, I'm, I was having another rough, spot and my friend who was a therapist knew of a, a physician's assistant in Denver who she thought might be able to help. And I was just like, whatever. So I go to Denver. It's about an hour away from where I live. I'm with her for five minutes and she gets this twinkle in her eye and she's like, I know exactly what's wrong with you. And I'm like, bullshit. You've been with me <laughs> for five minutes. Like, no. And she goes, have you ever been bit by a tick? And I was like, yeah, I remember pulling a tick out of my stomach when I was 13. I was living in Missouri. And she goes, I'm pretty sure you have Lyme disease. And, uh, you know, it's so sad because after you don't have a, a diagnosis for so long, when you finally get one, it's kind of like, I got a golden ticket. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, no, no, not when it comes to Lyme disease. Yeah, you might actually have a face to the monster, but blah, that's just where the journey begins. And so I'm, I'm driving to back down the highway, you know, 75 miles an hour, tears streaming down my eyes. And I'm screaming, I told you I'm not crazy. And that's going to be the name of my book when I finally get it written is I told you I'm not crazy, the realities of Lyme disease. Um, and I think I might do a subtitle is how I made Lyme disease my bitch or, or something like that. But, <laughs> you know, so then I got, I got my diagnosis. Yay. And then after that, there was like really not a whole lot on what the next steps were, except this really horrible documentary that was out at the time. The only one that was out, it was called Under Our Skin. And I thought it was a death sentence. It was very heavy. It was very sad. It was very hopeless, right? So right. me and my family, my young, 
my kid was like nine at the time, my ex-husband were watching this documentary and I am inconsolable, just sobbing, bawling. My kid is the same. We think it's a death sentence. We think I'm going to die this horrible, horrible death. And, uh, (laughs) and then I went to a few different like Lyme support groups. That was kind of a mistake. And sadly, a lot of the Lyme groups are still kind of the same way. They're not really there to get help. They're there to kind of stay in their victim mentality. Yeah. Right. And, um, it was really toxic. Like I, I felt like I needed to take a shower after I left. I was just like, this is disgusting. And then it was in that moment. And after a few months of a doctor, uh, putting me on these horrible antibiotics, anti-malarial plus herbs, like the protocol was insane. And what was insane about it is that he started off going to war with a body that hadn't been working right for 27 Right, Your lymphatic system was so tired, nothing flushing, no support in that area. I still wasn't pooping. So remember when I said I was born full of shit and constipated? I was still constipated. I I had years of constipation. I say all the time, if it's not for MAGO7, I would still be constipated. I needed magnesium oxide. Yeah, magnesium is, is, oh my gosh, it's so amazing. But I, uh, yeah, so not once did anybody ask me what my diet was like. Not once did anybody ask me if I was pooping daily or sweating, which I wasn't. Right. So now I'm not detoxing and they're going to war with a body that's been sick for 27 years. I thought I was going to die. Yeah. And then that's when I heard the founder of uh, FDN, Reed Davis, speak about, you know, you need to make sure the hormones are balanced and the detox pathways are open. And you got to look for other hidden sources of pathogens like parasites and heavy metals. And I was a silly hairstylist at the time no real medical background, but just intuitively that made sense to me. And that's kind of where the real work started is because I ended up going through that program, freaking sick as a dog, like barely functioning. And I had a business and I had a nine-year-old and I still, that that course usually takes people nine months to get through. I got it through in three. (laughs) So I might be a little bit of an overachiever, but I just knew, (laughs) I just knew there was to be this path that you had to go down. What were some of the testing that you did? So you went through your original protocol and then still you had all these pathogens like metals. I know for me doing metals, I had a similar experience where I went to a functional medicine practitioner and there were so many heavy metals and they put me on um, EDTA and it was, I couldn't even get off the couch because I wasn't pooping, wasn't sweating, doing all those things. And I loved, I love Reed. I love how he teaches. And I think he's got a phenomenal course. Oh, absolutely. Hands down. Yeah. So I think the original five tests were like an adrenal test, a hormone test, uh, a gut test. So stool test looking at, you know, your microbiome and other pathogens and parasites, um, a liver test. Oh, and a food sensitivity. Food sensitivity is still like one of the basis of of my practice. Like it's such low hanging fruit. It's amazing what happens two weeks after a person gets off the foods that they're reacting to. It's crazy. Um, So that was kind of the basic, the foundations, Um, you know, and it turned out that my liver was wickedly congested. You know, I had blastocystis hominis, which was another parasite that's really common, especially in people who have pets. Um, And it would cause a lot of bloating and a lot of pain, no matter what I ate. Gosh, that was so long ago now. Like that was 2013. Um, My hormones were in the tank. Like there was no gas in the tank. 
you know, and so it was beautiful in the beginning is, you know, they give a little bit of kind of allopathic care, of, you know, let's get some bioidentical hormones in you, let's get you pooping, let's get you sweating, let's get you, right. you know, and then they kind of went after some of the other parasites and stuff. And it was amazing how much my life turned around in like three months. Wow. It was ridiculous. Turns out I was living in mold. And so as I was going through this protocol, I, I kind of hit a plateau and that was back before we, when people were talking about mold and Reed has always been ahead of the curve. And he was just starting to research that. And I was kind of one of his Guinea pigs. Um, and I did like a VCS test and did a Marcon's, you know, swab that I tested positive for, and I failed the VCS test. And then he had me on silver and some other stuff for a month and it got better. But I didn't realize I still didn't know what I know now. And I, I was living in mold at the time. That house when we bought it had gotten, had been flooded. And these stupid people <laughs> took the back porch and they they enclosed it with drywall and a and a roof carpet and put a hot tub in it. Oh my God. <laughs> a hot tub with carpet and drywall. And so we didn't know any better. We went in and demoed the whole thing ourselves. Right. Right. And left, you know, half of it. Um, not finished. And so none of it got excavated properly. And so I'm, me and my kid both, like he had multiple suicide attempts while we were living there as well. Wow. Like that place was, that was like a, a haunted house. Basically it was horrible, but so definitely <laughs> learned a lot more about mold since then. That's for sure. Are you struggling with email marketing for your coaching business? Building an email list is crucial to connect with your clients and increase conversions but it's not easy. That's where the Cleaning Hacks List Builder and Marketing Kit comes in. You'll get everything you need to build an email list of raving fans and potential clients, including a lead magnet, cover images, opt-in page, thank you page, and follow-up emails. And the best part, it's completely free. And if that isn't enough, I've also created video guides to walk you step-by-step -step through the setup process. Download your free kit and make it happen. Once you get to a place of stability, does Lyme often like rear its ugly head or do, is there like a Lyme flare? Do people experience that? You know, I'm going to say something that's a little controversial. <laughs> <laughs> we love that. Um, I see that as like a rite of passage with people with Lyme and Lyme flares and they, they see it as like status quo. And I'm always like, no, like with anything else. <laughs> Once you get your immune system working properly, once you dial in the lifestyle and the mindset. So the last little piece that I really, and that one, I just figured out three years ago was the mindset retraining stuff, the nervous system retraining stuff. Because right. if you are stuck in fight or flight all the time, which I was, I was easily startled. Like my husband would walk into a room and if my back was towards him, like I would throw whatever in my hands and I'd scream. It's not a normal response, folks. You know, you shouldn't be that easy to startle. And so my nervous system was just still out of whack. It still had a chronic disease, or at least it thought, you know, there's a, still a tiger in the room. And I, I never addressed that. Once I addressed that, there were no more flares. There were no more relapses, nothing. When yeah. I got COVID, I just got COVID. When I got the flu, I just got the flu. When I got a sinus infection, I just got a sinus infection. When I eat something crappy, I get inflamed from whatever it was that I ate, but I don't have like a quote unquote Lyme flare because of the lifestyle stuff that I still do, the maintenance every day to make sure that my nervous system, my mental health, my physical health is all in balance because that's what our bodies were designed to do. So I don't think living 
with Lyme flares is, is necessarily a thing that you should accept. But you got to be willing to go deep. I know for myself, I had autoimmune stuff and it's like, it doesn't exist anymore because I'm not being triggered on a daily basis. I had to do a lot of deep work on trauma stuff, stuff that me like still triggered in my everyday moment. And that was the real pivoting change for my health issues. Absolutely. 110%. It's sad how much dysfunction it's like the frog in the sto- in the stove pot um, analogy, right? Where the frog's sitting in the in the pot, and you just tr- slowly turn up the heat, slowly turn up the heat, slowly turn up the heat. And now he doesn't even realize he's being cooked to death. Right. You know, it's the same thing with the toxicities and the level of um, dysfunction in our healthcare system. How many people I talk to where they just assume that Alzheimer's and dementia is now a normal part of aging? Bullshit. You right. know, they assume that Lyme and autoimmune that you're just going to flare for the rest of your life, you know, bullshit, like all these things, um, you know, obesity, all these things are just now kind of, they've become ADHD, anxiety, all this stuff is just, you know, status quo. And it's, it's not, and, and we need to really take a step back and and take control back because you don't have to age that way. You're right. We don't have to to suffer. No, we don't have to suffer. What are some of the things that you do for your mindset on a daily basis? Mm, I meditate. I've really gotten into meditation and it's funny. I actually have been meaning to make a video about this. Cause I remember in the beginning, I was like, I don't want to meditate. You know, <laughs> I can't keep my brain to slow down. I can't, uh, I don't get it. But intuitively, again, something in me knew there's something in this for me and I would still do it. I did it for years on a semi-regular basis before I finally kind of figured out what it was about, how to do it, something that worked for me. And now I actually look forward to it. But for years, I I was just going through the motions because I I wasn't quite sure what I was supposed to be doing. Um, So meditation and breath work have been a huge, huge. (laughs) That's the other funny thing. I used to laugh, you know, stupid hippies, breath work. (laughs) I'm breathing every day. If breath was so helpful, why am I so sick? You know, but it turned out I was a I was a shallow chest breather, right? Which is another reason that keeps you in that fight or flight when you're breathing from your chest instead of from your belly. And, uh, you know, some of the best ones, like I love box breathing and I love doing it before a meal, because if you think about it, we're in fight or flight, that's not rest and digest, right? So before we eat, right, if we want to help our digestion out, do a couple rounds of box breathing, you know, four, 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 four counts in, Hold for four, four counts out, hold for four. Those holds at the top and the bottom are actually more important than in the in and out because that's really what helps reset that nervous system. And it's funny, sometimes you'll actually hear your stomach juices, you know, your stomach will gurgle, you know, you'll hear things like fire up in your gut because now you're not in fight or flight. And it's like, oh, okay. Breath work, meditation, tapping, humming, shaking, cold (laughs) therapy, shaking. Um, there's so many, there's so many good things. Somatic experiencing work. One of my favorites is um, a vu with a push away. So when you do a vu, it's kind of like chanting or humming um, and it stimulates that vagus nerve. But then when you, uh, I learned this from Dr. Amy Opinion in her course, when you <laughs> add the push away to it, it also kind of, those of us, especially who are kind of empathic and we have a tendency to feel everything, it helps to push out that energetic bubble and give us a little bit of our own space. And so 
you know, it, it's just like it sounds. So you, you, you go voo and you actually are like trying to push something away very slowly, very deliberately, like you want to engage your arms. And when you put those two together, it's amazing how quickly it'll shift you out of fight or flight. Tell me some of the things, um, because I want somebody to understand like fight and flight nervous system regulation when it comes to that. Can you just give a little explanation of what fight and flight is and how and why why so many of us live in it on a daily basis? Yeah. So fight or flight, right? The tiger's always in the room. <laughs> it's 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 how we're wired to get away from stress, trauma. And sadly, this existence, this human existence that we're living in right now is all stress and trauma. Yeah. Our nervous systems weren't made for this constant onslaught of information and stimulation and, and we're we're always wired we're on something something's always going on something's always a crisis and after a while that ends up having to it, it'll shift our autonomic nervous system into fight or flight like all the time there's no gas on the brake other things that will do that would be trauma so I, I spoke about my uncle killing himself when I was four I never dealt with that that got stuck in my nervous system as trauma mold is insidious about turning on that fight or flight alarm bells alarm, alarm, alarm. And even if once you move out of mold, if you're not dealing with that part of the nervous system, it's still sounding the alarm bells like you're living in mold. So yeah, if you're not, if you think about it, because when we're in fight or flight, our autonomic nervous system is made to just send blood to our extremities to, to flee, to survive. Our body isn't worried about procreating. So if you have no sex drive, you've probably been stuck on fight or flight too long because yeah. our, you know, our bodies are like, we're not having a baby right now. We're getting chased by a tiger. You know? <laughs> Same thing with food. You know, you're not going to eat your dang meal and digest it properly. We're getting chased by a tiger. And so it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And it's so funny because it's not sexy talking about like this basic free stuff that we, you, everybody's got tools to it's, it's not like the sexy, new expensive European drug for Lyme and blah, 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 blah. And it's so sad how often that I can't get people to realize that dialing in these foundations are where the magic is and where the magic is going to stay. Because yeah, you can go get some fancy $10,000 treatment from Europe, come back here, go back to your crazy lifestyle, go back to your inflammatory food, go back to your toxic environment. That, that treatment's not going to last you very long. I mean, I think that's the part that I was asking about the flares is I've seen a lot of people go through treatments like that. So your treatment, when you work with somebody, kind of walk me through the process of how you work with somebody. Absolutely. So, you know, first off, I like, I like doing these intake forms that are ridiculously long and people usually cuss me out, but it was, it's a really great place to start instead of throwing crap at a wall and seeing what sticks. Right. Because some people are like, oh, it's lime, 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 lime. And then once I get into their intake form, it's actually mold, 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 right. which is totally different, you know, a, a route. Or is it cavitations or is it sleep apnea? Those are uh, two other huge barriers to health that you really need to address first. Speaking from personal experience, <laughs> again, <laughs> I, I did everything in the wrong order, right? And that's why it took me so long. And it, it, it cost so much money is because I had the pieces, but they were in the wrong order. And there was a few right. pieces. Of this. And that's what I help do really is help people put the right pieces in the right order. So they're not wasting precious time, precious money. But it, it's, it's, you know, step by step. It's like, let's get your detox pathways open. Let's, you know, what are you eating? What's your mindset like? You know, let's talk about breath work. Let's, 
get rid of toxins in your environment because if you're going to spray perfume on yourself, you know, and have the Glade cinnamon spice candles, totally, you, it's, it's, it's going to be a hindrance to your health. And so I really get in there and kind of dig deep and, you know, for those who are actually ready to get better, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. It's, it's not easy, but we take it step by step and you usually have like a cheerleader, <laughs> calling you on, but I'm also very direct and I'm not, I'm going to shine lights in areas that you're probably not going to like people that you know, typical people will kind of pussyfoot around because it has a tendency to ruffle some feathers. But I, I tried being that person when I first started working with people and I found that I didn't get them better because I wasn't, I wasn't laying it down for them. Put the foot down and say, this is what we need to do. Exactly. I had one male client who was really upset with me after three months. And I was like, well, have you been doing your breath work? You know, I, I didn't push him at all. And finally, I, I just, he was pushing me and I was like, have you been doing your breath work? Have you gone outside and grounded? Do you get at least 20 minutes of exercise a day? Are you sweating? You know, and he was like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, then don't come at me for another supplement or another protocol that's not working until you dial in the basics. There's no pass go. There's no collect $200. Like you, right. you got to start eating real food and you got to start taking care of your, of your body the way that it needs to be taken care of. Do you have a favorite supplement line? I use a lot of Cellcor, um, because I just love the way that they naturally, uh, they, their whole protocol is set up with drainage and then, yeah. you know, parasites and then mold and heavy metals. And then at the very end, we're dealing with Lyme and co-infections. Um, Desbio has been another homeopathic one that's been really powerful. I'm really loving their mold stuff and their brain stuff. Um, but those two right now are kind of the, the two biggies that I, I use quite often. And then just for anyone listening, who's like building their business, what has worked for you to build your referral business? That's a good question. I wish I knew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm still in the earlier stages of building my business. So I, I graduated FDN in 2013, practiced for about a year, lost my mind, went through a divorce, took like a seven year spiritual hiatus to kind of find myself. Okay. I've been back now for three years. Um, and so I'm still in that kind of make or break moments of it's like those people you hear who the 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 people who would mine for gold right and they would stop like two inches from a vein yeah. that's kind of where I'm at in my business right now so I'm, I'm right there at that vein but I haven't really I don't really feel like I could call myself successful in business yet because I'm still kind of I'm still grinding um, but it's getting better and it's getting easier and I think anything it's just time and consistency yeah, I love that you said that because I was not an overnight hit wonder and it took me time to build my business and to have like money coming in and to be consistent with that. I wish more people would talk about that stuff because I got caught up in that crappy ass marketing of, you know, earn six figures in three yeah. months. And I wasted so much money on that crappy, you know, one size fits all box of the way they would market and really no it's time. It's time, blood, sweat, tears, perseverance. Right. That's, that is the key to success. So I tell people all the time, if you're going to get started and you already have a part-time job, don't, don't, or, or if you have capital, that's awesome. I got fired from a job that I didn't think I would ever get fired from because I was their top salesperson and I was bringing in so much money, but they fired me because I said something about my mental health on Facebook. Oh, wow. Don't get me started. So <laughs> 
it launched me into opening up my business sooner than I had wanted. My my thought was is to continue to sock money away in savings with this part-time job while I continue to build up my business organically. I kind of got thrown into that um, unexpectedly and it was really, really tough. And so hindsight's 2020. If I could go back, I would have I would have kept another part-time job of some sort because I did not have the capital. Yeah. So it made this desperation kind of like it wasn't a good look sometimes. Let's just say that uh, on some of the discovery calls I would get on. I think we all go through that process. I know for me, I went through, I mean, it was blood, sweat and tears and it was panic and it was feeling that overwhelmed. And I think that, you know, they always say it takes three years to build a book with it, especially like has a hair, has a hair salon or an architecture firm, three years to build a solid book. And I think that that I love that you kind of touched upon that. Well, that's where I was a little disenchanted because when I was a hairstylist, I could build a book within three months. Like <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very outgoing. I was talented. I had the look, you know, I, I, I knew how to ask for what I wanted. Like I, it never failed. I could build within three months, no problem. And so that's why I was so like, wait, after the first year and I'm like, maybe I suck and maybe I should be in business and you know, all that. And then I would talk to other people and they're like, no, no, honey, it takes like three to four years before you finally kind of get out of the red. And I'm like, really? <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, for other people, yes. But like when I was a hairstylist, I could, I could build a book in three months, no problem. What I know you're starting your podcast. Can you tell everyone what that podcast is going to be? Um, so I've had it for, oh, you have. Yeah, for a year and a half, I'm actually putting out episode 81 today. Wow. Um, so yeah, it's the Lime Boss podcast. And it's, uh, it's so many great, really amazing speakers. I mean, it is, we do talk a lot about Lime and there is a Lime focus to it. But for the most part, like the one that I'm putting out today is all about heart disease and a heart attack. Wow. You know, because I, uh, all I've found it, you know, especially from a functional perspective, that it doesn't matter what the disease or what the problem is. You can plug and play whatever you want to call it. The foundations are still the foundations. Yeah. And if somebody can hear that. And a lot of people with Lyme have issues with their heart, you know, especially some of the co-infections that like to cause palpitations and other things. So, you know, there are some crossover, but it's not completely Lyme specific, but there is a, a heavy slant to it for sure. Can you tell everyone where they can find you? Yeah. The limeboss.com. That's L-Y-M-E. Uh, boss.com lots of free stuff on the uh, website and there's even a, a free little pop-up of uh, my cooking series that I made real cooking for real life because I found that that's where a lot of people's hang-ups begin is because we've been brought up in this fast food microwavable you know tv dinner and they go wait you want me to cook and so I put together this I think it's eight or nine videos now series of showing you how easy and how delicious and how healthy it can be. Um, Cause for a long time there, it was funny. I'm paleo, which is, you know, dairy-free, grain-free, gluten-free, corn-free. And people are like, what did you eat? And I'm like, let me show you. Like I eat delicious, amazing food all the time. Like I just made a gumbo last night. You know, we're going to have chicken tacos today. Like, yeah, um, I love that. The cooking series. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And guys, make sure to follow this woman. If you have any questions about her, reach out to her. Are you on Instagram as well? I am. And Instagram, TikTok, boss. Facebook. All right, perfect. So make sure you follow her. And if you have any questions, reach out and ask them. And if you are struggling yourself, of course, hire her. All right, guys, stay tuned for the next episode. See you soon. 
All right, guys, that is all for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. While you're there, it would mean the world to me if you take just a few seconds and leave me an honest review. Truth is, I love honesty. Your reviews help me to reach even more health coaches and wellness professionals who are ready to explode their business and want the truth in this non-BS approach. You can find all the links and the information mentioned in this episode at www.rachelafeldman.com backslash podcast. All right, so don't forget to tag me on Instagram at Rachel A. Feldman and let me know what was your favorite part of the episode. This will help me to create even better content for you bring on awesome peeps to tell you the truth about how they built their business, plus other speakers to help you take your business to the top without overwhelm. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys soon.